Welcome to the home plate where we bring you some of the top names in baseball and talk about the best sport out there. And I'm your host, Mike Savino. Today we have one of my good friends and former pitcher for the Cleveland Indians organization and current pitching coach in the Baltimore Orioles organization. We welcome our friend Robbie Avalos. What's going on, Robbie? What's up, Savvy? How you doing? Pretty good. All right, so I'm just going to start you off with some simple questions and go from there. All right, first question. What was your favorite stadium that you ever pitched at? In pro ball or in my life? Uh, in general. In my life, I would have to say it was the old Yankee Stadium when I was with the area code team. Dude, that's, that's so dope. That's, like, so yeah. sick. That was special. Yeah, that's, that's crazy special. Uh, so then next question this kind of follows it. Uh, growing up, what travel or club ball team did you play with? Well, tours – Dad put together kind of like a, a tournament team. So we didn't have to play a ton of games and we were kind of free to go to showcases and stuff. So they had a team called Diesel Baseball. So we, we uh, he put together a pretty good team of Rockland County guys and uh, we, were, we, we did good and it was, it was a good team. That's, that's awesome. So also following that same team of, you know, when you're younger, uh, what was the best player you played with or played against like growing up? Oh, man, I got lucky to play with so many guys. But, um, you know, when I was in the Aflac game, Chris Bryan and Harper were on the West team. So they, that's, they're that's up there. Then in East Coast Pro, uh, Trout, Mike Trout was down there. So, I mean, wow. how can you not say Mike Trout? So yeah, Mike Trout. So I yeah. played with Machado in Florida. So I'd have to say those four. Jameson that's Tyon, dope. the pitcher for the Pirates in high school, was. I remember him just blowing my mind away seeing him throw. But So probably those five. That's awesome. That's so dope. I, I don't know what I would do. Like, and at that moment, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's Mike Trout, right? Like, you're you're in you're in high school, and you have no idea how this guy's about to become. No, 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 you're right because he wasn't even. If I remember, I think he was like the 28th pick, but he was like the second pick to the Angels. The Angels had two picks in the first round that year, so oh. it wasn't even like he was like a top five pick. He was a late first rounder, but that's I mean, that's shit, insane. he might be the best football player ever. Yeah. No, seriously. So this is more for the catchers out there. As you know, I'm a catcher. Uh, when pitching, what did you look for in a catcher? Um, that's a good question. I could expand on that a lot. But I, first, I would say a good relationship with the catcher means everything. If you could trust him and you could let him call the game, that, that builds your confidence like crazy. Uh, secondly, a really good receiver. And the hard part, I would say, is a catcher that could stay into a game even when he's struggling at the see, And rightfully so, you'll see a catcher be 0 for 3. Last thing he wants to do is block a curveball in the dirt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, whether you're having a great game or a terrible game, if that catcher can show that same effort level no matter what, then that's just, like, a huge quality to have. Yeah. No, I know a great quote from a coach that I have is, you know, outfielders can sulk, catchers – have to stay level the entire game. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one right there. So, did you ever miss batting when playing oh, in ball? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, I know you liked hitting in high school. Hell yeah, I like to hit in high school. We'd have pitchers BP or home run derby maybe once a year, but, man, we all miss, all pitchers missed it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know Trevor Bauer is one of the guys who hates hitting. So, I always like, <laughs> like how, you know, how do pitchers really feel about, about hitting? Yeah, I mean, we all want to hit. We don't think we, – we, we pretend we can hit. But if you told all the pitchers it's going to be a DH in both leagues, I don't think we would argue that much. But, I mean, we, we miss hitting. Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> so, 
So you're a huge car guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. What's your dream car? 69 Camaro SS. That's or the 67 Mustang GT500 Eleanor in Gone in 60 Seconds. That's, that's so dope. I, I want a 77 Pontiac Trans Am. That's what I want. There you go. So for the deeper questions, so tell me how you ended up becoming, you know, drafted. Like what was the lead up to all of that? Um, I would say I got out there early and went to scouts because my velo was really high. So I think like freshman year I hit 90 or something like that. But then by sophomore summer, I was like low to mid 90s. So I think that put me on like the fast track of, because I mean, for pitchers, a lot of it's just like a velo contest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's so a I think when contest. I should- I kind of got kind of got up there with the scouts pretty quick. So, what was your PR out of uh, high school? Ninety six. Damn, yeah. <laughs> that's got to feel good. Yeah, felt good coming out of hand. Yeah. So now uh, you are currently a coach with the Orioles organization. So, what was the big difference that you noticed? Like you stepped onto the field as a coach, not as a player anymore. What did you notice first? Um, the hardest thing is as a minor league coach, especially at the lower levels is not caring about winning, which is really easier said than done, but there's so much focus on development and getting the kids better that the score almost becomes irrelevant. And it's more of, did I do a good job of getting my player better today than he was yesterday? That's yeah, that's important. Like, so you would definitely say that. If you were a high school, that's, school- that's at the pro ball ranks. Because if I was in, if yeah. I was a high school or college coach, it's all about winning still. Yeah, but no. So I was gonna say, so would you ever coach high school, like would that, like or college? Would that ever be interesting? Interesting. I mean, yeah, we, 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 I would see where it goes. You never know what comes across in life, but um, it would be, it would be cool to have to win. You know, mm-hmm. like to yeah. play to win, and it's also cool. To just be like, hey, even though you gave up four runs today and we lost ten nothing, like you did these three things really good today, and we're gonna build off that for the future. Yeah, no, uh, a great video. I love is uh, Trevor Bauer in spring training last year. He didn't care at all about striking out any guys. He kept looking right back up at the scoreboard and goes, "Oh man, I'm throwing 94." He's like, "That's not gonna work." Yeah, he's a he's a little different cat, that guy. Yeah, he's just- <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> So this is a question that uh, any minor leaguer, I would love to know their answer on, but specifically yours. Do you enjoy the long bus rides more as a coach or did you not mind them when you were a player? As a coach, because I know if I felt like crap the next day, I didn't have to play. Whereas Uh a player, if you're getting in at six in the morning and you didn't get no sleep, you're like so nervous about oh my god I got a pitch day am I gonna feel all right my back's kind of tight my arms kind of jacked up you know but as a coach it's like I got to sit on a bench and make a couple pitching changes I'll, I'll be able to handle that so did you mainly spend your time in the bullpen or were you in the dugout as a pitching coach yeah no I dug out the whole game you were in the dugout the entire game because like yeah. I like when I when I caught in the um in the bullpen with the jackals I I was like I the first question I asked was like how do you guys know when you guys are gonna like throw like I'm like looking around there's no coach it's just a whole bunch of players sitting you know the bullpen that was like my first like like wait a minute yeah actually well we got we got we got usually we the good stadiums will have phones and then um if not I bring a set of walkie-talkies that I could talk to the guys so and they go into the game knowing usually like I said I'm at the lower levels like hey these three or four relievers are hot today you guys aren't gonna pitch you know what I'm saying so they have an idea going into the game who's coming yeah 
No, that's huge. I would love to know if I'm a pitcher. I don't want to be called out of nowhere. You know, in high school ball, it's like, hey, get in the bullpen, like start warming yeah. up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you didn't pursue a career in baseball, what was your secondary choice? That's a good question. I think it would be something in terms of like law enforcement or something, but not necessarily like a cop. Like I like to live my life with some sort of adrenaline rush that obviously sports gave me. So something with something with that develops some sort of adrenaline rush, not just sitting behind a desk, you know? So if it, if you didn't play baseball, I know you played another sport in high school, which was. I played basketball and football in high school. So you were obviously a very good football player. Are you a good basketball player too? Uh, if you ask me, yeah, I was nasty. You're nasty. If you ask me, I don't know. If you ask someone else, I don't know what they'll say. But according to me, I was, I was nasty. I was about to say, what if I go ask your friends right now? <laughs> what would they say? No, uh, they'll say I was pretty good. I was shooting guard. That's dope. So you got a good shot. But, yeah, uh, I can shoot the three a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so football-wise, you can throw a football. Uh, that's 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 when you when you throw when you throw a fastball ninety six you've ever been able to throw a football pretty far. So did you ever think about pursuing a career in football? Yeah, I I, uh, I definitely that's probably one of my biggest regrets to this day was I played varsity quarterback one year and then I didn't finish playing. But um, because obviously baseball was the priority at the time. Yeah, and I was getting yeah, of a lot of books and I got I committed to University of Florida sophomore year. So I was like, right, baseball is going to be the path, but. Football is something I, I think about every day. Like, man, if I took that as serious as baseball, what, what could have happened? You know, yeah. which you shouldn't live your life like that, but it's fun to think about. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's got to feel pretty dope when you play two sports and you're extremely proficient at both of them. And so, yeah, yeah you, you, never, you never know. But then you could have thought about the same thing football-wise. If you committed to a school football, you're like, man, where would a baseball take Hey, don't, don't, count, don't count me out from a comeback yet. Hey, I'm not, I'm not counting you out for a comeback. Don't count me out. Brandon Whedon, 28, first-round pick. <laughs> All right. Don't count me out. All right. So for the final question, how do you feel about the MLB moving the draft to only five rounds this year? Huh. Well – that's that I could go on with that, but I think that's a little too drastic. But I think the way the draft is right now is a little too long. So like okay. what a lot of people don't realize, like I'm sure you realize it, but a lot of people not too into baseball don't even realize that we have like uh, a Florida Gulf Coast League team, right? We have a short season A team, we have a low A, a high A, a double yeah. A. Like there's a lot of teams. Eight Every organization. Some teams have eight, nine minor league teams, right? So across the yep. board I think it could be cut down a little bit. Um, that's obviously I'm in no position to lecture anyone on it. But if minor leaguers wanted to start getting paid better and talent go up and stuff like that, I think they could shorten the rounds and kind of eliminate some teams. So that's you're the first person specifically, you know, like speaking out of as a minor leaguer for a long time um, to say that in order. For- oh, and two DSL teams too. I forgot about. Oh, yeah, Dominican Summer League. Yeah, Dominican Summer yeah, So you got two of those teams, too, before you even come to America for the other seven. Yeah, so there's a lot of levels. So you, you would say that it might be kind of important to cut down some of those, on some of those teams? Yeah, or? like I said, I think five is way too short, but maybe something in that 15 to 25 round range I think would be uh-huh. pretty nice. So how do you feel about, like, short season? And, like, what is, what is your opinion on short season A, you know, full season A, like – do you think it's tough because it's tough because you don't want to count no one out, right? So you'll get a 
every like team will have someone that was went to extended spring training and and got the short season A and then developed and did something, right? So you don't want to count anyone out because you get those diamonds in the rough sometimes. But then you also, it's just tough going to spring training with 200 guys on nine teams and it's like, man, what do I have to do to get up here? Yeah. It's I can imagine. Football and stuff and you're like, man, they got a practice squad in the team, you know? Yeah. Which yeah, I know yeah. like football is kind of like their minor leagues in a sense, right? But yeah. It's tough having 40 rounds or whatever they are even at now. Yeah. So – you were drafted in the seventh round, correct? Yeah. So seventh round. So they obviously they have the draft this year to five rounds. So in perspective, if you let's say didn't get drafted in those five rounds, would you have gone to play indie ball, or would have you been like, all right, football? Well, that question's tough for me because I was supposed to be like a top two round pick before yeah, I blew out my elbow. So I dropped to the seven. So I think if it was only a five-round draft, I think a team probably would have taken a chance on me, hopefully. hopefully. But then the other part of that answer that makes it tough is I was also a high school kid, so I definitely could have went to college, right? College. Yeah, that's right. If you're a college senior, that. if you're a college senior or junior, man, that's that's a tough – I don't even know what I would do because you don't want to ever give up on your dream at – what do you graduate, like 22 years old? Yeah, 21, 22. So, yeah, I would have to, I would have to keep playing for at least two more years and just see what it takes me. Yeah. Independent ball or something. So did you say that you committed to University of Florida sophomore year? Yeah. So what was your reason to not go – like, you had a choice, obviously, college or draft. What was your reason on not going to college? My reason when it came down to was I had a blown UCL. I had to get Tommy John surgery. I had a rehab. If my goal is to make it to the big leagues, the safest way and the best chance to get myself to make it to the big leagues would be to get rehab by a major league team. Because uh-huh. no offense to college yeah. coaches out there, but they get paid to win. They don't get paid to rehab guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know if I would have got pushed back too early or whatever like that. I'm not saying no. I know Kevin O'Sullivan's a great coach, but at the end of the day, he needs a winning record and he needs guys that are going to help him win. And if I wasn't going to be one of those guys, I'm no use to him. Yeah. No, that's – yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Didn't even think about, you know, college coaches, like you said, they're there to win. You know, if, yeah. if you get drafted, you know, pro ball teams or affiliated balls will say – um, they want you in the best possible position, best health, you know, because they, they want you. They, you know, they, they draft you. They want you to. You're an investment for them. They ain't going to rush you. You're their investment. Exactly. So sp- speaking of, you know, you're an investment. You played how many years? What was it, like seven years with the Indians? Yeah, seven years with the Indians. Seven years with the Indians. So mm-hmm. you see a lot of guys coming up now, like 2021, like yeah. at each point. Why do you think that pl- players are slowly starting to be brought up younger? Like, what, what's, what's the reasoning that teams are bringing guys up at a younger age compared to, you know, people can be brought up at, you know, any age? Um, uh, maybe they're so good now at such a young age. I mean, I, I was at spring training this year, and I saw some kid, and I was like, man, is he double-A, triple-A? Like, he's 17. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they're, they're, getting more, they're getting more mature at a younger age. Second, the other thing that comes into play is, like, I don't know if teams care less about arbitration and controlling that player's year or whatever like that or if it's a must-win-now mentality. But, you know, in the past, like, Chris Bryant went through it. They wanted another year of control of him, so they didn't Yeah. Him up, stuff yeah, like um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., they did the same thing with him. Yeah, exactly. So it's that's so many things. And then the, the biggest thing is can the kid ha- handle it mentally? Because the last thing you want is like a, a player to go up there who's like your guy, who's a top prospect and get shell-shocked, you know, bat 120 for the first two months and being like, man, I don't know if I could do this. And it's like, why did we bring him up at 20 years old just to get obliterated, you know? 
Yeah, no, I, I think that happens to a lot of people, actually, you know, that shell shock. And it takes a lot of guys to, like, you know, regroup. And you're starting to see a lot of guys, too. Um, and this is a great time to speak about it, too. You know, you got guys going to the MLB. They're up and down AAA. You know, they can't really find something to click. All of a sudden, they go overseas to Korea or Japan or China. And, you know, they, they, they try and build their career there. You know, try and get back on the right path, stuff like that. You know, boost their stats. You know, you know, boost, boost your confidence. Yeah, boost your confidence. What's inside your head? Yeah. Right? They say the difference between a 260 hitter and a 280 hitter get a hit a 260 hitter hopes to get a hit you know what i'm saying yeah so no that, exactly that mind game is tough in baseball yeah no totally and so um try to remember who was it that went to korea the guy in the a's who hit all the home runs or the brewers yeah. yeah 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 but i'm blanking on his name right now yeah i, I don't know why i can't think either crap but uh yeah like you see guys a lot of guys doing this and you see a lot of guys also um so we'll, we'll touch on your experience here with uh, winter baseball, uh, playing winter ball. Um, so a lot of guys go overseas to play winter ball, whether it's Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Venezuela, um, and they try to build themselves there, try to figure it out there. What was your experience with uh, winter ball? So winter ball was – this was a bad experience for me, only because I was a minor league free agent at the end of the season. So I didn't know if I was going to have a team. So I was like, right, I'm going to go to Puerto Rico and play. So I counted as a native, actually, because I got Puerto Rican blood in me. My family's from there. Yep. So I counted as a native, and I went down there. And, like, three days before I went down there, I signed a contract to come back with the Indians. And I was like, man, my whole plan was to go to Winter Bowl to get the contract. And now I got the contract before I even left. So now I'm going there, and I'm like, man, I don't really need to be doing this right now. So I went down for, like, a week, and my arm was killing me. And I told the owner, I was like, man, I'm just going to have to go home. Like, I appreciate everything, but this isn't going to benefit my career, you know. And I had to look out for my career. But just a couple of days I was there, you could tell the atmosphere is so different. And I know Puerto Rico isn't near what Dominican and Venezuela are. But just to have that experience was so cool because you see all these Dominicans and Venezuelans come over to America and they have to learn our language and stuff like that. And there's maybe three or four guys that speak fluent Spanish on a team, you know, and they're surrounded by English people. So now the roles are reversed and I'm going down to their country and I don't have many guys that speak English now. So like, it kind of gave you a perspective of this is what these guys feel. So like, you know, I gotta, I gotta treat them even better when they come here, just knowing how tough the, the, the culture shock is, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's yeah, like a no, total, totally. you know, the language is different. The food's different. So like, you got to learn to help them out way more. Yeah, so no, obviously I love Puerto Rico. I went to Puerto Rico over the winter and I saw the um, I saw San Teresa play, and it's just a different. It's in a different environment. It totally is. Oh, yeah. um, it's it's just pitching changes in the first inning. You talk about playing yeah. a win. Winter ball is playing yeah. a win. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 exactly. You you got yeah pitching changes in the first inning exactly. Lineup switching like this. I've never seen. I'll never see this. I saw a game. I was uh, for San Teresa, um, and who were they playing? Uh, they were playing Maniti, I think, but. They changed the catcher four times in like four innings. Yeah. Oh, you better win out there. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, why? It's like, dude, he had like one pass ball. It's like, all right, calm down. And I think it was really because yeah. I think Jose Molina was the coach on the other. Mm -hmm. So that was something cool to see. But um, yeah, no, they got everyone should try to experience that. If you're a big baseball fan, you should definitely try to experience a winter ball once in your life. Oh no, totally. Whether it's whether it's the DR, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, no, it's awesome and. Mm -hmm. It's something that people need to see. And it's so weird, you know, sitting around you and chanting in, like, Spanish. Like, yeah. like, like we're seeing cheerleaders on the dugouts and stuff dude, like that. It's dude, cheer, that, was, that was so dope. That was my favorite thing. I was like, dude, there's cheerleaders here? I'm like, yeah. U.S. They have them in the Brooklyn Cyclones. 
Yeah, the Brooklyn Cyclones have cheerleaders too? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Why we got yeah. in the MLB? What's wrong? You know, football, <laughs> he's got it. Mm-hmm. Too many foul balls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got the netting up now. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. So how, do you, how did you uh, do that, you know, like netting? Like a lot of – Oh, man, I tell you what, it, it is a shame it took this long because I tell you every player on every team for the most part – when they see a line drive going to the stands, you hold your breath. And when you see, because you're bound, we play 142 games. When you see those people get hit, it is the worst feeling in the world. The yeah, absolute no. worst feeling in the world. I think it was, was it Todd Frazier that, that hit the line drive into the stands? Yeah, it was tough even to talk about. You just hear that noise and you're like, it's, God. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's, yeah. And, you know, it is a shame that it took that long. And I think there's still stadiums that don't have that ending up. Yeah, it should be. You should be past third base at every stadium. Yeah, that's that. That is crazy. Um, I know that in uh, Japan and Korea, they give you a uh, seat on the field. There's an on-field seat, and they give you a helmet and a glove, and they say good luck. Yeah, shit. that sounds more like a punishment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that does sound like a punishment. People enjoy that. Yeah, um, tells you the super fans over there. But uh, so the atmosphere in Japan and Korea is crazy. Like they just like. They're crazy, like, cheering, and they love baseball and stuff like that. Do you think that there should be anything that the fans improve on in baseball? Um, oh, that's a good question. I think, I think American fans are really good. I think, like, you go to Yankee Stadium, especially in, like, the early 2000s or late 90s and places like Fenway, I think the fans are pretty intense, you know? Yeah. If anything – Maybe they got to tone it back with a little bit of the personal insults. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I heard that they were rough sometimes. But I think players love intensity. Players love it loud. The fans should get loud, but just keep it respectable. And, you know, obviously everyone wants to talk a little crap here and there, but just keep it respectable. And just know that they're the players are human beings. they got families. They're just normal people that are really good at a sport. So don't yeah. them they're doing it. That was the personal, personal insults get up there. I mean, uh, I find it really fun sitting in the uh, – sitting in the pen and uh, you got like people behind you asking for balls and crap. And you just see so many of the guys like sitting there shaking their heads on the bench. It's like, dude, I've been asked like 500 times by the same kid for a damn oh, the ball asking. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and he didn't, and he didn't say please one time. Like I, uh, I do that. So like anyone out there, like if you're asking for a ball, just ask, say please. Yeah. I feel, I feel like that's just like, you know, a little common courtesy thing. But um, And the fans got to know that our coaches yell at us when we give them away. So that's the reason why we ain't yeah. giving them away. Yeah, no, and unless uh, I think like some of the scenarios where uh, balls were we would toss balls to the stands stuff like that is if we got a foul ball hit over to us yeah. and we kind of just like scooped it up, it's probably gonna end up in the stands anyways. That's when you kind of just toss it away. But um, yeah, and that balls are like twelve dollars a pop. So do the math, fans. Dude, you give yeah. away five a game for one hundred and forty-two games. That's a little bit of money. No, those those balls are expensive, and especially yeah. like. You got some pitchers. It's like, all right, I want this ball for my bullpen, right? Like, I like this. It's, it's, it's got a little dirt on it. You know, laces feel good to me. Like, I'm going to use this in the pen. It's like, I'm not going to toss that ball away. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. And like you said, $12, $12, a ball, it's crazy. Like, you yeah, have it up. Away. All right, Robbie, I really appreciate you coming on here, and I really appreciate talking to you. This has just been awesome. Um, I just want to say, you know, thank you to everyone for giving me great support on the last podcast episode that we had. Everyone, please stay safe out there. This has been The Home Plate. See you later.